Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good day, good afternoon. Um, what's up, everybody? I hope you're having a wonderful Saturday. Uh, today we are back, men of encouragement. And, um, you know, we've got a special guest today. We're going to get into that. Um, but I want to let you know, Men of Encouragement is a podcast. It's a space. It was inspired by men's ministry. You know, men um, often don't have as many places and spaces to be able to kind of get together and kind of deal, you know, with some um, some of our internal, you know, challenges. Mm -hmm. And Men of Encouragement is a place where we we will not do anything or say anything with any ill intent to shame a man. We just want to take bring all that shame though <laughs> and that guilt, whatever it is that causes that, bring it into the space. We hope and pray to um, to be encouraging to to enlighten men, and and hopefully by encouraging men, uh, women are encouraged as well. Uh, I am your host, um, co-host, brother Q, and. As as always, I've got my my trusty co-host, faithful, um, <laughs> the faithful brother Dixon, and um, and I also too, you know, this men's ministry is strong, and um, you know, one of our our faithful members is coming on today as a special guest, and I just like to just welcome uh, brother Vincent Green. He's with um, Christ Centered Empowerment for Families, and. Brother Green, I just want to welcome you in to the podcast, to the Men Encouragement Podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing great, and it is so good to be here. Hey, amen. Brother Dixon, how are you doing? Oh, fantastic. You know, I'm happy to see Vince here and happy to see you again today. Amen. And I really enjoy Sam Marlene. <laughs> yeah, the moderator. Okay, yeah, the moderator. The moderator. <clears throat> so, um, I know some of y'all was kind of going for the Celtics uh, this week, so I'm I gonna send y'all a package. But I didn't have your address. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was worried about y'all who were going for the Celtics, and so I was gonna send you a package just to be consoling, because you know that's what brothers do. We know we look out for one another. And um, but I looked for your address and I couldn't find it. And so uh, you know, my dad, like my dad, my father would say, "Charge it to my head and not my heart." <laughs> Laker fan here. Uh, I'm uh, I'm definitely um, you know I I'm I'm definitely you know glad to watch the uh, the finals this year. Let me say that. Yeah. Well, you know, I concern. I mean, I'm concerned about the matchup. You know, you know, everything is always about matchups. You know how teams match up with each other. You know, and uh, some people take that for granted, but matchups def definitely make a difference. I thought the Celtics probably would match up better because of uh, their personnel that would be able to match up. But um, I mean, I'm really kind of pulling in my heart for Miami because once again, their head coach is a is alumni of mine. So, you know, he went to University of Portland and, and played. Um, Played, played there. You know, I played before him. He came after me. Okay. So Ostra is, uh, you know, good friend, you know, and uh, so I'm kind of pulling for him. So I kind of have a dog in the fight. Kevin Love also, who um, played basketball AAU with my son. And so I've known him all the way since he was in the fourth mm -hmm. grade, you know, so um, so so I kind of have a couple Portland related people with the with the Miami team. So. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, can Miami continue to do what they've been doing? And, you know, they've done it for, what, three series now? 
Mm-hmm. Can you do it for a fourth with the number one team in the West? I, I, I'm, I hope so. I hope so. Well, you know what Cinderella. You know what happened with Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened? What happened with Cinderella? It's true. When 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 the when, when the clock struck struck midnight, <laughs> everything went back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I, I'm. You know, we have a faithful space, so I'm gonna say that there's things that you know, that could happen that are obscure, that don't happen like they should happen because what was in the, was in the fairy tale. So anything is possible. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm going to have, I'm going to have a much funner time watching the series with Boston out of it. Um, yeah. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward. I am, uh, I'm already feeling like we're going to miss some sports for a while if you're not a big baseball fan too because mm. after the finals, it's a little bit of a, a drought um, before football kicks in too. Well, they're trying to get you ready for uh, Brittany Griner coming back into the uh, WNBA. You know, okay. so they're trying to give it. They're trying to give her some love, to give you some attention right now. So, yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see. I know that. Um, you know, I know this. The summer goes by so fast, and I know the two of you because we work on the men's ministry. We're about to be real busy um, <laughs> in a minute, anyway. Um, yeah. So. Welcome again. We are um, men of encouragement, and again, we um, we have a special guest today, Brother Vincent. Uh, today's topic um, is we want to get into this. This is love versus control, and sort of the you know kind of the spirit behind you know wanting to have this conversation is asking ourselves this question. Do you know the difference between love and control? And have we confused leadership and controlling one another in our in our relationships? And mm-hmm. sort of, you know, just sort of a backdrop to this is, you know, we had Vincent and his wife um, from the organization come and speak to the church. And I'm listening to the conversation today. We're going to be talking about domestic violence. We're going to be talking about, um, you know, just our conditions as well. Um, but in that conversation, just listening how domestic violence works and how the courtship of it. And then I started just thinking like some of us are in relationships, just relationshiping and some of it is normal. It's just, there's some extremes to it, you know, to these unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I, and there's a part of it, you know, that I think it's mixed up as well when it comes to how women sometimes look at men, they want a man who to be a leader, right? And some men think that they need to have this like, this control, but like in a very um, self-empowerment way, like they need it in order to be a man, right? And um, and so I just wanna be able to have the conversation, see what the spirit would have us to say today around, you know, love versus control. Where's the line? You know what I mean? Where's that line where I'm loving you? Am I loving you or am I trying to control you? You know, and um, and you could be a person who is super passionate, you know, think that you are, you know, the best lover of them all. But in a lot of ways, if you don't give that person room and space, it's oftentimes um, can lead you into um, an attempt to control the other person. And um, yeah, so love versus control and are we you know are the lines blurred mm. let's let's Man. talk about that are the lines blurred 
Yeah, I think sometimes they are. Um, what's interesting is, and, and first, before I, you know, kind of uh, talk to this a little bit, I, I think this is so exciting that we sit here and we can sit here and talk about this subject. So kudos to you with the with the podcast, both of you. I mean, I think that this is stuff that you just don't talk about. And so it's good to see there's a form for brothers to talk about it and get it out there. Um, so love and control. Um, in the uh, in the message last week, Linda told the church that we've been married for 36 years, and she never she never had me ever tell her I, I'm I'm the boss. I'm in, I'm the man, you know. And I you know I don't ever have to do that because it's not, for me, it's not about control, it's about how we do stuff. So one of the things that I've learned in this, dealing with this situation, when you think about domestic violence and, and abuse, is power and control. Power over versus personal power. And power over is all about me. I'm in control, I make the decisions, we do what I say. And personal power is about is about we. It's about working together. It's about making decisions together. Um, and those are things that I believe in the love versus control piece. That's love. And control is making it all about me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the all about me is I also think about the control is don't make me feel uncomfortable, right? Let me control it so that I don't have to be vulnerable, you know? And, and one of the things yep. that, you know, Brother Dixon and I have, have talked about a lot on this is men just dealing with their stuff, you know, dealing, dealing with our stuff um, inwardly and, you know, and with, and with the father um, so that we're not living in shame you know, because the one thing that's true, too, is, um, you know, when you think that you are controlling or maybe you are not, you know that you don't have control. You know what I mean? Like having kids, having kids will humble you hmm. like like real quick. You know what I mean? Like, I have some friends. I'm like, you know, everybody's cool. They got a little soccer game on Saturday morning this morning. They do it five, six. You know, they have them taking naps when they're supposed to and everything else. And then they start to evolve, you know, and they, and these are God's children. These children do not belong to you. <laughs> so, so they start to think and become and to evolve. And you realize, man, I don't really have, you know, I don't really have all the control and we do have influence, but brother Dixon, what does the Bible say about love? Oh, well, love you know I was going to go there. Go ahead, go ahead. You know I was going to go there. You know, I, I, I always like to talk about three different things. What happened in the garden? Hmm. What happened after the garden? And what happened after Christ? Okay. What happened in the garden? What happened after the garden? And what happened to Christ? We talk about before the cross and after the cross. And we talk about before sin. Because all the issues that we have with everything has to do with sin. True. Okay. Everything is all about sin. You know, it took place because before sin, 
none of this was happening. Okay. God had a design that he started off with from the very beginning. And in Genesis 1, 26, he said, let them rule. <laughs> okay. Let them rule over the earth. He said, let the man, the woman, the male, the female, let the husband and wife rule. Okay. And he said that I have order. <laughs> you know, even though they're equal, there's an order to this. And the order to this is I made man first. So now when I made man first, there was no Eve. And in Genesis, I think one or no, Genesis 2, 15. God said, after he made the man, he said, the two things that I want you to do is to work <laughs> and protect. I want you to protect your wife, your family, hmm. your community. You are to protect. I didn't make you to beat. <laughs> And to pummel, <laughs> I made you to protect. I gave you this physicality for you to protect. Not all of a sudden for you to have to have her be protected from you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now that took place after sin. Because one of the curses of the sin, God said to the woman, said to Eve, that you will desire your husband and he will rule over you. So right then, because of sin, the conflict between man and woman took place. So now there's been an ongoing conflict between men and women. And that had to be restored with Christ. <laughs> That's when Christ came involved. And in Christ, not only are we equal, but I think 1 Corinthians 11, 3 says this. It said, God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. And man is the head of woman. Now, a lot of people don't understand what headship means. Headship mm -hmm. means, in the Greek, head means source. So God is the source of Jesus because he sent Jesus, you know, uh, uh, Jesus is the source of man because God spoke man into See, God said something before he did something. He always said it first, and then he did it by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he said, let us make man. And so the word, let us make man, the word is Jesus, because Jesus is the word. <laughs> so the source of man is Jesus. And then the source of woman is the man because woman came out of man. God made man, then he made woman out of man. After man was given authority to name everything, then he said, you don't have anyone, and so you need a companion. That's the purpose of relationships is companionship. You know, now before sin, everybody got along. But when after sin, don't nobody get along. And so now he's into the one another type of thing. Now we all evolve in one another. There's so many one another's in the Bible it ain't funny, but none of them is to rule one another. In fact, the Bible didn't say in the beginning for us to rule over each other. It said rule over my creation. Okay. Not to rule over each other and, and, and ruling over each other became a sin. Also, we, we, we have generated the sin because of that. 
Okay. So now because Adam sinned, which meant that God left him because eternal life is God because God is eternal. So he was eternal and he lost eternal life when he sinned because God left him. So he, lo he, lo he lost being alive. He died spiritually first and then he died physically 930 years after that. When Jesus came, Jesus gave us eternal life again. <laughs> but not only did he give us eternal life, he gave us what we lost, which is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and that means we have access to the fruit of the Spirit. So any control, when you talk about love and control, because the Holy Spirit has poured the love of God into our hearts. Jesus said, right. love others as I have loved you. So if you have not believed that Jesus loved you, you can't love nobody else. So you have the Holy Spirit that has the love in your heart. You love to talk about heart. So we have it in our heart. Now we have to access it. But getting back to control, the Holy Spirit distributes to us the fruit of the Spirit. And the last fruit of the spirit is self-control. Hmm. The only control that we're supposed to be involved with is the control of being led <laughs> by the spirit. So Man, we have the love part and the control part, and we have to be led by the spirit. That's the only control we have. We don't have no control. We're supposed to be led by the spirit, letting him control. And our biggest problem is that we won't control. <laughs> True. So, so. So that part right there is a whole book. For <laughs> Amen. <domestic laughs> is self-control. You don't control me. You need to control yourself. That's it. <laughs> and here's the deal. And self-control for some people will um, make them feel loved because they've been in places and spaces where people who are out of control, right? And you kind of see that normalcy of it. But when you have a person who has, and I've talked about this before, about how um, the spirit of God and having peace over you, how you could just be in all kinds of places and spaces or be something could be aggravating. And when you have somebody who is just at peace because they have self-control and it's not even them, like the self, because God said in second Timothy, right? He said, I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but I gave you the spirit of power. power. Self-discipline, right? Yeah, These are the things that we have power, folks. Like, I'm like, yeah. why do you go to church so you can learn what you should know that you may not be operating in fully, right? Or you might just be teetering on it because it's like, it just seems like maybe it's not true or whatever. But these words are profound to help us, right? And this is men of encouragement. So take these words and just try applying them and see how it goes. You have self-control. These things do not have to rule over us. I wanted to just read 1 Corinthians 13. You already know what it is. Oh, yeah, love. Love mm -hmm. is patient love and kind. kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. I'm always asking, is it really love? Hmm. I'm always asking, like, I'm always asking, is this really love? How did you know this was love? How do you know that you're doing love? You know, I talked to like my, my son who's a teenager. And I'm like, you're operating on these things that you're calling love. But I'm like, where did you, where did you get the, this definition? Because this right here, this ain't easy to do. Not at all. You know what I mean? Women, <laughs> wives, 
fall back, you know, you know, this is not easy to do. Well, that's why we need help. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. But we, uh, but see, this see, a lot foundation. of people read the read yeah. what you just read, but they don't read one, two, and three. Read I one. I got to highlight it. I got yeah, to highlight it. Read, yeah, read, read one, two, and three, and then I want you to go over to um, sixteen and, and fourteen. <laughs> yeah. So if I could speak all the language of earth and of angels, but didn't love others. I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. If I gave them everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but it didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So the whole thing is if you do anything that's not motivated by love, Read 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Got that highlighted. <laughs> and do everything with love. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> and do everything with love. How, how many things? All <laughs> things. Everything. <laughs> no, no, no. Some, no, just some things are part of things, or you know, it's, it's, I mean, that means you can't leave out nothing. That means that if your motivation for whatever you do is not love motivated, right? Right. Who's motivating you? I like that thing, like, what's in your wallet? I'm like, what's in your heart? <laughs> you know what I mean? If it ain't love, you know what I mean? Because oftentimes I think too, like, um, there's like fear in the heart. And you know what happens is like there's these uh this trauma bonding, you know, of like these insecurities that that you have. And there's this there's these times where are you really loving or are you really like is this um are you in pain? Because the per like a, another person is not going to heal your suffering. Exactly. Right? Not going to heal your suffering. Um brother Vic Vincent I want to just like come back, man. I mean, do me a favor. Um, talk to me about your organization because you, when you shared shared this organization with us last week, I was like, bruh, how am I just now finding out about this? <laughs> I'm like, you all in my lane, you know what I mean? Because you know, Q, brother Q got a you know a, another space. And it's everything is about the heart. You know, Brother Dixon just said, you talk about the heart all the time. And then Brother Dixon just added more fuel to my fire by saying, doing everything with love. And only and where does love actually, where, where should it come from, right? Not the heart of man, right? But the, the heart where, where that connection and where that relationship is with Christ. Anyways, I want you to share with us because you blew me away. I'm so grateful that you are part of the men's ministry. This mm -hmm. work that you're doing is so important. And men, I, I hope that you lean in and things that we don't say, the things that the spirit is going to say, I pray that you will get something out of today's show, out of today's podcast to just really check your hearts. Just check our hearts. Just making sure that we're on the right side. So, Brother Vincent, just let us know about your, your nonprofit, please, and, and blow, it, blow everybody else away, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the first thing I will say is, is why I'm a part of it. Because you know what? I mean... I think about this topic of domestic violence and it's not a fun topic. It is, it is a depressing topic and it's a sad topic. And, you know, if you look at the numbers, it, it's not good for, for men. But my, my spin on it is, is that we control so much. 
as men in our families and we can change the narrative in my opinion. And so, you know, I came alongside my wife and what we're working together in an area that she has 15 years of experience. I don't have 15 years of experience in this. I just have seen things from my perspective. And as I look at the numbers and the training that I've taken, um, when you come to batters and invention training, I realize that, yes, there are men out there who are doing things that we don't want them to do, but we can change, like I said earlier, change the narrative. Fathers, we can change the narrative. Men, we can change the narrative. We can have, we can teach our children what to look for and how to lead, how to be a great husband. We can control it from the very beginning. And that is why I'm excited about this. Christ-centered empowerment, you know, is about reaching people in a different way. And that is why, again, I'm excited about it. We try to do things differently. We try to, when you look at Know the Signs, Know the Signs is a training that focuses on the friends and the family members of someone going through an abusive situation. It is different in that there's no one out there taking care of us, those people that those people that are in, you know, who are friends of a person going through an abusive situation. Mm -hmm. What do they do? What do they look for? Who how do they help their family? How do they help their friends? This ministry is about doing that. And I believe we can have such a huge impact if we just get to get people, get men especially, to come to the training to educate them on how they can help their daughters. I mean, I've talked to a few brothers who have daughters in these violent situations. And, you know, you know how hard it is to not go and kill them. more violence? Exactly. Yeah, to go kill them. To go kill exactly. them. If it's your daughter, you're ready to go kill them. Thank you. Hold up. <laughs> I mean, it's real. Yeah. It is so real. And all that's going to do is make it worse. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, right. it's going to make it worse. And that's what the devil wants. Absolutely. <laughs> but if we know the signs, we can prevent this maybe from the beginning. And if we're in the middle of it, this class teaches you how to deal with it. And those are things I'm all about. I'm always about action. I'm always about what can I do? I, I know the problem. So tell me what I can do. And this mm -hmm. class that, you know, Linda has designed and, and worked through based on her years of experience it's coming from those who have been abused and listening to what they're saying. And it's coming from family members who were like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so she's pulled this together mm -hmm. to help people. And it is so powerful if you just sit through it and understand what you can do. Because now you're armed. Now you have tools. Because we got to give people tools. And that's what this ministry is about. It's about resources. It's about tools. It's her favorite, her, her phrases are recognize the situation, respond to it, and then refer or give resources. And that's what we teach in this class. And it's about giving people tools. And I'm, I'm so tired of hearing stuff and, and then no one telling me what I can do about it. So mm -hmm. yeah. that's what this ministry is about. And my call and my plea is to, for men to take this class because they are the leaders. I mean, we we talk about men being leaders and leading their family, 
this is a way, another way to show that. And so but my they're, passion they're, is right but, they're, but they're the perpetrators too. And I so, know. So, so now we got to deal with that side of it because yes, we have two sides. You have the men who need to know and be aware when they're dealing with it happening because we're still the protectors, but then we have the perpetrators. Yep. You know, and dealing with them because a lot of them need healing because usually they're perpetrating because they had been abused themselves. Abuse is abuse. So they have been abused. Um, but the thing, the reason why I love that you guys are doing this is because we have so many things that we normalize. Yeah. And it's so normalized about abuse that goes on in this society that no one talks about it just like it's just normal. Yep. And so nobody talk about it. Nobody discuss. It's like alcohol. And, you know, to me, you know, because alcohol is a problem, you know, but everyone sees it as being normal. No, yes. no. The Bible says don't get drunk. <laughs> you know, you say you can drink, but don't get drunk. And plenty of people get drunk. Well, the same thing with abuse. There's plenty of people going through it. Like you say, everybody knows that when you, you had 100 percent people raise their hand. Yep. You know, how many people are you? And not too many people want to admit that they're suffering from it, you know, that they're in it. You know, and everybody, everybody knows somebody that's in it. And then sometimes there are people who don't know. And like you said, looking at the signs because there are signs. And, and if you don't have signs to look for, then you won't be paying attention to it. You yeah, know? Exactly. So so that was good that you guys. So I love what you guys are doing. And, and it has to start someplace. And so hopefully that it'll grow as a result of this. Well, Donna, you, know? you, you bring a great point as far as no one wants to talk about it. And that is so true. Um, people want to ignore this. And the more we ignore it, the things, bad things keep happening. Mm -hmm. You think about, you know, uh, mass, the, the mass murdering that is going on, you know, and all that stuff stems from exactly. an abusive relationship. Yeah, you you know, it starts from the, and the family. And so mm -hmm. it's, we have to talk about this mm -hmm. and it's not easy, but we got to talk about it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, a couple things. Um, this is a, this is a ministry, a nonprofit. There's a lot of different aspects of domestic violence that need treatment, that there's treatment for, um, specifically why I wanted, why I was just so like, just blown away, you know, next week. Um, we don't have, I don't think we have the link available here, but if you reach out, we'll get you the link, but next week. There is a training that um, Vincent and his wife um, are going to be facilitating, but this training is a call out to not to the victims. It's for all of us who have not been victims, but maybe have folks that are coming to us sharing, they're finally sharing, or you're seeing some of the signs. And one of the things is to learn out what the signs are, right? And what you did was you talked about some of the do's and don'ts. And, and one of the things that blew me away was, you know, when somebody's calling you or you start seeing the things, you know, you will have, you can have an emotional trigger. You might add somebody in your family that had gone through something. And so now you're involved because you have like this attachment to something in your past. And you said to just, to not be reactive like to not do anything almost, like not do anything. And so learning what steps to take um, that are tactical steps to helping this person, because our reaction could move that person deeper into darkness in that relationship, I heard. And so 
Um, this is this is June June tenth. Uh, is going to be a a space for everybody, um, everybody to come on June tenth for to be trained on how to deal with this. And so I'm going to share a testimony, or not even a testimony, just a story. I was like 18, 19 years old, and I've told this story before. Um, had this girlfriend. It feels like we had a relationship for like a uh, hundred thousand years, but it was probably like three to six months. All kind of toxic stuff was happening, lying, cheating, all kind of things. My feelings was hurt. Okay, and um, and this and young Q was hot. This person was very um, like. This is another thing too. Is like. Be careful, men. Be aware. Women, be aware. When people claim to be, I'm feisty, right? This is my person. I'm feisty. I'm like, I'm wild. I'm I'm this. Um, if it's not, we talked about self-discipline. If it's not something that is contained by the spirit and it's not something that is to glorify God, a lot of times we normalize I'm feisty as a certain cultural aspect and all these things. And those are the signs of someone who is either going to be um an agitator to domestic violence right um and just for me in this situation with me i was using all kind of foul language at this woman because once she was using it at me mm-hmm. and and i'm using it back at her mm-hmm. and i was like i i i learned how to cuss at a young like you know we all you know depending on where you're from mm-hmm. some some of us still don't know how to cuss yet but i know how to cuss and i was cussing I was acting a fool. My mom and dad were not. My parents would have like taken my head off. Don't even matter how old I was, the way I was cussing, because she hurt me. Called the homie. Actually, I paged him. That's how far back it was, just to tell the truth. Wow. Call, called the homie to come and get me. I'm mad her, like, you know, giving her the mad face. I'm like, you know, doing all the stuff. I'm angry, right? And she looked me in my face, and she said, oh, my baby really loves me and smiled at me. She pretty, like pretty and said, my baby really loves me. And I said to myself, you are out of your mind. (laughs) You know what I mean? But here's the deal. Brother Dixon just mentioned about normalization. And so what we normalize is being snatched. You know what I mean? We normalize some things about being grabbed. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. Men, you, you can be, you, you may have the wrong formula because of what social media and the movies and things and, and the dramatic stuff that we've been told, right? And women are like, no, 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 tell them that. I'm like, but you wonder why certain conversations and relationships will go a certain kind of way and what they're dealing with. And it's because you, you've left room. That's the thing about, um, you know, the enemy and the, and the, the evil, right? As soon as you bring in, you know, a traumatic experience or something happens, you know what, you know what comes along is, all of the demonic friends of the enemy to, 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 to intercede and things. So to, so to me, by having self-discipline and self-control, by having self-discipline and self-control and you minding yourself, right, you can have a healthy relationship. I'm like, if you can't be, so you can't control yourself, you got no business in a relationship. So hmm. are we are we really loving or are we really acting out of, um, some sort of pain or unhealed trauma Us and how we confuse leadership, right? How we confused yeah. it with controlling because we think that because you're the man, because you're the loudest or because you're the strongest or because of whatever. And it's really like when you go back and read first Corinthians that we read um, about love, love is like 
love is the leadership. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's called servant. It's called servant leadership. Servant leadership. It's there servant you go. leadership. Okay. And, and, and I want to take say two things to what you just said. And, and Vincent, I want to go back to uh, you guys as nonprofit. Okay. There are so many witnesses to people being abused, either them knowingly or not knowingly, they still are witnesses. We have so many witnesses. And it's just no different than inside of a neighborhood. I grew up in Oakland, you know, people knowing about who's going around doing what they're doing and everything. People know. People be knowing. They know who's going through what they're going through. We got witnesses. And what do the witnesses do? Well, a lot of times witnesses, sure, they have some fear of snitching or saying something. Sometimes they don't know what to do, though. They don't know what to do. That's where you talked about resources and giving people help so they don't know what to do. Because oftentimes many people feel helpless. They feel helpless about being able to help somebody. And we have to talk about when you're helpless, what do you do? I mean, Galatians 6 and 1 says that, you know, whenever you find your brother overtaken by any trespass, those of you who are spiritual are supposed to go in and help. But then it says, don't let yourself get caught up, though. Unless, you know, it's like going to try to save somebody who's drowning. You know, you can fool around and they can drown you, you know, mm-hmm. while you're trying to drown them, you know. And so the second thing I want to talk about is something that God established also. God established a submission order. See, this is where men get caught up in dealing with this is where your love mm-hmm. versus control comes in, in that, well, you're supposed to submit to me. I'm supposed to be in charge. I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be. No, that's not what that means. Submission is voluntary, getting upon the, uh, the, the authority and the leadership of someone else. So God, first of all, tells us to, to, to submit to him. He says, submit to me. And he said, if you don't submit to me, then you're in pride. You know, Q and I like to love to talk about pride. There's either submission or pride. He said, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So submit to the mighty hand of God. Then he says, submit to the government. He says, submit to your boss. He said, wives, submit to your husband. He says to the kids, submit to your elders. We can go on and on and on. God has established order in society about how he wants us to submit to one another. He says, submit to one another. He tells husbands and wives to submit to one another in a way that I want you to be submissive to. So there is a way that we are supposed to submit, but submission is not you, you're forced to and you have to. No, you agree to while being equal because Jesus was equal to God and submitted to God. And he is our role model. He submitted to God's authority, God's leadership, God's plan. It was God's plan. It wasn't Jesus' plan. Jesus said, well, I'm equal to God, so forget his plan. I can do my own plan. No, he didn't do that. Okay? So he submitted. So submission is something that is real and it can't be lost in you having control. Amen. Okay? You because know, if a husband does not submit to Jesus, then the wife ain't got no business submitting to him because he's the head. And so that means he's headless. And so she shouldn't be running around with somebody that's headless. Go ahead. Amen. You, you know, you bring up a subject that obviously is very, very delicate for women. And they have a they have, you know, in general, they have a problem to this. And I, you know, one of the things that I've I've looked at, and and you know what, Donald, you I know you probably have your Bible right there. One of you guys, both of you guys have your Bible right there. So if I'm wrong, correct me. 
but I believe in Ephesians, it also says, wives, women, respect your husband. Women, yeah. respect your husband. It's a love and respect. It's, 60, it's 30 yeah. in verse 33. Yes. It's a love, love, husband, love, wives, respect. Yep. You can't respect or you can't, if you, if you, you know, submit, you can't have submit without respect. That's right. You know? That's right. I mean, people aren't going to submit if they don't respect you. And, and that happens in the workplace. That exactly. happens in the government. That happens with elected officials. But God has spoken on that, though. God has spoken on if, if you don't respect and if they don't do what they're supposed to do. Uh, mm -hmm. I think in First Peter 3, uh, it speaks to wives about if your husband don't obey the word, if your husband don't do what Christ tells him to do. And he gives, he gives them a blueprint about what they're supposed to do. And yep. here's the funny thing that he says. He says, without a word. He stops. He stops right there and says, "Without well, the word, because they will have a tendency to nag and complain and tell you what you ain't doing, and then there goes the disrespect right there." But yep. he, he said, "He says, but but you're not going to be the one that's going to get him to do what he ain't doing." He says, "I'm going to be the one that's going to get him to do what he ain't doing." So now you need to do what I'm telling you to do. I'm telling you to submit to me. And this is how I want you to submit. I want you to submit by not saying anything, nagging to complain. I want you now to have a conduct and a behavior that gives me reverence, that gives me all the praise, that gives me all the glory. Because he says that, he said, I love, this is what God said. God is saying this in this. He said, I love a gentle, quiet spirit. Hmm. And so if you do that, then I'll go to work for you on him. But if you want to kick me to the curve and you do the work yourself, then you're going to get what you're going to get. True. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I wanted just to, um, you know, let everybody know the um, the link is in the uh, thread we have it here on screen. You want to go to mountolivet.com forward slash events. You scroll down. Um, there's a link there for you to, to get registered for this. We move some things around to make sure everybody and anybody could come. Um, this is not just for someone who has been through or going through domestic violence. This is for you, those of you who have never dealt with it. One of the things about domestic violence um, on both sides, the victim and the perpetrator, these types of acts are interference with your relationship with God. And so, we want to make sure that our heart can be purified and be be healed. Wounds, things, the why you doing, why you're doing what you're doing, all those things can be uh, worked out through the you know counseling. But we need to make sure that we're not overreacting, that we're not adding more, um, just more problems to a situation that we that's bigger than us. You know, you don't know how far back that trauma began. It could have started with could have started with her mama and her grandmother that, you know, things that are there or that 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 man, whatever trauma that's behind, what triggered all those things that are behind mm -hmm. that. And so we just need to make sure that we get educated and become more aware so that we can be ambassadors and servants to help people in a very proper and more effective way than us being um jumping in and being um just reactive. So um Brother uh, Vincent, is there anything that else that you want to say about this? Because we're going to be transitioning here to, to be closing out soon. Yes, just real quick. It is 
you know, we've, we've been talking and I know this is a men's podcast and men are listening. I just want men to understand we need to be here for this class. Men need to be in this class. Don't just send your wife. Don't tell your, 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 your daughter to go. Men need to show up for this class because we need to be educated on how to help the members of our family, male or female. I'm I, you know, I'm going to put a classification on it. Male or female need to be helped. So we, by education and giving the, giving the tools, we can help our family members. Amen. And, and we're going to have you come back, Brother Vincent, too, because we need to we need to talk about the men who have been abused, who are victims by the woman yes. um, in their life. And that's something that, you know, not a lot of men can feel like they can even speak on. But we're going to speak on it. We're going to speak on it. We're going to speak on it. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, we're going to be wrapping up soon. But before we do that, we got to let y'all know June 17th. June 17th. <laughs> June 17th. We got we got the fellas. We want you to come on, come on, come on, come on out for the men's breakfast. And um, and I'm gonna let you know, brother Dixon tell it because I want him to talk about the food. Cause oh, the whole the food, the menu's a whole flyer itself. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I mean? It's, and and I already know, like it's a busy week, it's a busy day for me. It was Juneteenth weekend and all these things, but uh, brother Vincent, please tell the people what June 17th men's breakfast and the man talk is all about. Donald, you doing it? Or oh, me? Donald, I mean, Brother Dixon. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, first of all, if you can find a better breakfast in the United States, uh, then you let me know where it's going to be at. And so that means in order for you to be able to tell me that, you're going to have to come to this breakfast to see if it's going to be better than any place else in the United States. So that's my first challenge to you, is that the <laughs> breakfast is going to be off the hook. Secondly, uh, there's going to be um, a limited amount of haircuts. So you have to deal with first come, first serve. I think the, the, the barbers want to cut, uh, you know, the kids' hair as much as possible first, and then they'll get around to the adults. And, and then thirdly, we want to try to have as many boys as possible to be around men. I repeat. We need as many boys as possible to be around men. We do not have boys and men together in too many settings, too many places. There are a lot of things that are going on in society, but we do not have boys and men together. And we want to come together and break bread with one another and chop it up with one another and talk about some things that boys and men are going through. Because as Vincent brought up earlier, we are the start. We are the lead. We were made first. And so we are responsible. Even though there can be other fault and there can be other blame, we're going to be the one that's held responsible. The coach gets fired, the players stay. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we are responsible. So on June the 17th, we are going to have a father-son now, not only father sons, it can be grandsons, it can be your nephews, it can be your next door neighbor got, got boys. You know, it can be you can go up to the school before school gets out and recruit some boys and bring them on the bus load. You can bring them in the van. We just need boys, as many boys as possible to come and be there so they can be around men. Now, that put men under pressure because you get a whole bunch of boys around men. Now, men going to have to act right because they can't be showing out in front of boys because they're going to have to put on the front to make it look like they got it all together, which I'm going to talk about that they don't. They just have a head start and we should know better and we need to let the boys see better. 
because they don't know anything about a man until they see a man be around a man because they get all the man stuff in society. And we want them mm-hmm. to come see some godly men and we yeah. want ungodly men to be there so they can see some godly men. So we want to all chop it up together, all come together and love on each other, have men get past this. We ain't supposed to love each other type of thing. We're not supposed to be emotional, but we're we going to be emotional. We're going to love each other. We're going to have some haircuts going on and we're going to grow up. Yeah, that's right. And I just want to know, Brother Vincent, did he say how much it, how much it costs? Because, you know, my, my pockets is kind of thin right now. How much does it cost? He did not say how much it costs because it's free. Oh, okay. Come one, it's- come all. So you you feeding us like like that good for free <laughs> for free, all right, Amen. church. All right, church, y'all yes. some people. Well, I'm um I'm excited. You know, this is um this is a fun time, brothers. We are you know creating the spaces for us to come and come and have connection in a way that we probably don't have in our everyday life. Um, yeah. And it's only for a couple hours. Um, this men's ministry is welcome. You know, to all men to to participate in the activities, to join, to uh, to help you know to help put these things together as well. Um, I want to say um, thank you to everybody who is who is tuned in, um, Brother Vincent. We uh, appreciate you for joining us today, and we definitely are going to have you back on for other uh, conversations. Um, we like we also just like everybody to to support us on Facebook and YouTube um, currently. We're also on Instagram as well. And the support right now is just following and sharing, you know, our hope prayer when we when we get together as this message goes forward. And um, and this message is always to encourage and always to lift you up. And um, until uh, next week, it's God's will. I pray that all of you men that we will uh, allow for the Holy Spirit to guide and to lead us and to help him. Uh, to allow for him to change our hearts, transform our hearts, so we can change our family, change whatever trajectory we're on. If it's not, you know, uh, on the path that's leading to God, that all those things will, um, we would allow for ourselves to receive God to do those things in our lives. So until then, brothers, peace and the Lord be with you all. God bless you all. All right. Amen. Take care.